Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host, Jerry. Hello, and welcome to Game Master's Studio, where we'll be talking about tabletop role-playing games, tips, tricks, and advice that you can use, hopefully, to help bring your own game at home up to the next level. We're going to be talking today about integrating PC backstories into the campaign world that you weave to help bring your players into your game, get them a little more invested, and some of the options that you can do to help that to boost your own. My name is Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden, host and moderator for today. With me in the studio is Jared, a.k.a. DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, creator of the world of Wrath and semi-professional DM, and Ed. Oh, I really wish I'd peed before we started. All right. Ignoring that, we are moving into the topic for today, PC backstories, integrating them into your game. Now, we've spoken a little bit when we were talking character creation about PC backstories. Um, So let's actually take a few moments, talk a little bit about what to expect from players' backstories before we start moving into how to use them in your game itself. Uh, I see most PC backstories as kind of like the the origin story, the, the coming of age kind of story. I, my experience, most PCs or most players focus on the the moment that defines the, the PC to become who they are. Like, if they're going to be the great and powerful necromancer, what event led to them making that decision is typically what I see, or what uh, you know, what event they had to to suffer or go through to become you know that great and powerful necromancer. Um, you know, if I was I'm a thief because I grew up poor and penniless on the streets, I was an orphan, you know that kind of thing. So like. You get that origin story. You get the Batman Begins moment of how he became Batman. You know. Yeah. It also depends on your players too. Some of them are going to really like when you say, "Hey guys, I'd like a backstory for your character." Some of your players are going to be like, "Awesome! I'm going to write something up. You're going to love it," and they're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Some of your players are going to kind of almost cringe at that because they're they're there for the, the 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 playing part of it. They're not really there for the. The story part yeah, of it. Not everyone's then, a writer. And then but that's the also, great thing is you can let your players know, hey, your background can be as vague as you want. I might pull some stuff out and make, you know, throw some specifics in there, you know, that you have that you don't necessarily have touched on. You can make your basic backstory be vague. That's yeah. fine. And this also, you'll have to remember, this comes back to knowing your players. Well, of course. You're going to have two players who go, you say, okay, I want you to write up a backstory, and they both go, awesome, I have a great idea, you're going to love it. And one of them comes back with a five-and-a-half-page backstory, right. and the other person has two paragraphs and says, look how cool this is. Yeah. Well, that's kind of funny you should say that. I mean, like, uh, we had one player uh, that was in our group for a little while. I mean, he moved away, but uh, he was always adamant. He's like, I don't write player backstories. Like, the most backstory I've ever written for a character was two paragraphs. I'm like, then give me the two paragraphs. Like, yeah. I want something. And like he put off like writing a backstory, just wouldn't, just would not write a backstory, until finally I came up. I had the the uh, thing that I did for a little while um, for my three point five game was if you put up backstory and you put up, you could actually put up side fluff pieces too, things that happened before yeah. your character started in this game. I gave you bonus XP. That made him write a backstory. Yep. You offer XP's a reward. People that are like, I don't do backstories. Oh, here's my here's my three-page... Dude that never writes more than two paragraphs for backstory. Three-page backstory. How much XP did I get? Right, right. <laughs> and that was also really fun because it led to people exploring and developing their characters. I know we're kind of getting off on a tangent here. Um, 
but setting up that motivation for people to do the fluff made for some interesting, not only did we get character backstories, we got, as the game was going on, like, oh, I'm going to tell this other story about my character from his past. Um, And we also had retellings of stuff that happened in the game, Mm -hmm. except rather than being talking about in a mechanical terms, it was all a narrative. Right. Um, And a little bit of downtime, if I recall, a little bit of downtime was given too, so like it offered opportunity for fluff pieces to be like, what happened during that one month that you guys yep. had off? You know right. what I mean? Tell me little tales. That's always fun, too. Uh, um, a fun one that I actually wound up doing just for... To try something a little bit different, because I was doing a character that was very different from what I do. I did a back... The background that was asked for, I did differently. Rather than giving a narrative of this character's story, I did, here's an interview with the character. Right. Um, so the character is actually talking to an unidentified person who's just like, so tell me about yourself. Oh, what was that like? You know, how did you, how did you deal with that? You know, and made it into more of an organic and really helped me find that character's voice. And since we were doing it as a backstory pregame, it really let the DM see this is the voice I want to have kind of for this character. This is what I'm looking at doing. Yeah, nice. Um, and that may be useful for somebody who may not be able to write a story about my defining moment. Well, then here's a, here's an alternative. Right. I'd say a quick note on backstories for GMs. Uh, if, if you want to throw just a few guidelines in there, that's fine. You're going to have people come back with two paragraphs. You're also going to be people that come back with five pages. Some people might be very detailed with their backstories. So... It might actually give you a little bit less to work off. Like, oh, this is a cool character that I could bring in, but man, I got to do it very specifically. Mm-hmm. Some of them will be more vague. One trick I like to do is like, okay, where is your character from in the world? And like, name a list of like three to five people who are like, uh, you know, like his friends or family, people he's good with, and then like a list of like maybe you know, you know, two, three, four people who aren't necessarily bad guys, but could be. They don't like this person. They would work against him. You know, uh, yeah, you don't have to be that specific, but that you can you can kind of create some guidelines here or there. I'd play with that. See what works best with your, again, know your players. See what works best with your group. Yeah, I don't usually give a lot of guideline on writing backgrounds because sometimes players mm-hmm. will surprise you and you'll come out of left field and you'll never see it coming and you're reading you're like, that's freaking cool. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, right. So I don't usually give a guideline. If someone asks me, you know, I'll give them some parameters like, well, you could do this, you could do that. I, as a player, typically when I do my backgrounds, I kind of am specifically unspecific. Like, I go out of my way to mention certain, like you said, you know, I'll mention at least one or two acquaintances or, you know, family members or someone that's close to me in my life. So I always try to, like, leave, like, an Easter egg kind of in there for my, you know, my backstory. Something that I don't know anything about. Like, I mentioned it, but to me, I have no details or no backstory on that item, say. Right. You know, say, like, a family ring's been handed down for generations to this character. And that to me, that's it. Like, that's the end of the story. But it's a great item that's been specifically mentioned for the DM to then do whatever they want with it. Maybe it's cursed. Maybe it's magical. Maybe it's nothing. Right. You know, but it's there for them to play with, you know, a specifically unspecific Easter egg for the DM to play with it and do whatever they want with it. I know about this ring. There's like three movies and a trilogy of books that says why destroying (laughs) it is a good idea. (laughs) Uh, No, those Easter eggs are great. I was, I was running a superhero game and one of my players, she made a background for her character and part of her background is, when her character was around 10 or 11 years old, she lost her brother. They don't know what happened to him. 
And all she put is, they lost her brother, don't know what happened to him, and then moved on from that. So I actually asked her, like, did you have anything in mind for the brother? She's like, no, I'm keeping it open so you can do whatever you want. I'm like, that's awesome. Great. Thank mm-hmm. you. And when I did eventually come around to the brother, they actually had teleported to a different era. And I had some guy that looked vaguely familiar to her, uh, like immediately know who she was. And then that, um, that dimension, they hadn't lost each other, except very recently he had actually lost her. So it was this kind of, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> kind of, kind of twist on that where he knew her immediately and then when she he he explained to her that she was her brother in this dimension, she immediately recognized him. And, like, you know, there was a moment there where, like, after all this time, she's seeing her brother again. Mm-hmm. That was a really cool moment, I think. Um, when you come to, to PCs as well that don't do much for backstories, because um, I've had people, like you said earlier, Jared, coming like, I don't really do much. I don't know what to do. I try to come up with a list of questions. Yeah. So rather than doing a backstory just do this quick questionnaire what family members do you have what how what's your relationship with each of them um you know and some of the other ones the one key question that i like to get in for DD is if your character did not become an adventurer what would they have done with their life because that really makes people think and understand who they are yeah i like that and you're going to get some generic backgrounds. You know, okay, my, my family died when I was young and I've lived on the streets. Now I'm an adventurer. That's, that's, that's all over the place. That's going to be everywhere. You know, a lot of it's because, you know, the, the epic storytelling, that's a lot of what those backgrounds are. I mean, look at Luke Skywalker, you know, one of, the, one of those characters who that's pretty much his backstory. It's a common trope. You know? But uh, you're going to come across those a lot. If, if you, if I had a, a player who came to me and said, "Okay, yeah. for my backstory, my character lost his family when he was young. He grew up on the streets on his own." Yeah. I would, I would go to, "Okay, well, how did he survive? What contacts did he make? Who is, is he close with? You know?" And if they wind up, you know, saying, "Oh, well, I'm not close with anyone. I take care of everything on my own. I survived on my own." You can kind of start pointing out to them, like you're. Are you intentionally trying to play someone who's a very withdrawn shell who doesn't interact with the outside world because that's what you're building? Um, and kind of tr- you can kind of try to get them to open up. I mean, there is a time and a place to play that yeah. that character of that, but I think there's a lot where people are trying to do that strong independent who doesn't get you know doesn't get their their hopes and dreams crushed because they don't share them with anybody. Um, there's a time and a place to play that. And there's a time and a place to, you know, have a character who is vulnerable, who is a rounded person. Yeah. And no, I agree. You need to get people out of the, the mentality of I'm going to use your background against you. But you know what, even if, yeah. And even, even if, you know, even if they don't give you much for a background, you can still do it. Like, oh, okay, you were raised on the streets. You're going to have made some contacts. You know, maybe there's just the local police are going to know who you someone, are. Yeah. Someone, so someone, you know, you just make up a random NPC from his background, you know, have him just kind of show up and say, hey, you know, maybe there's this job. Would you do this for me? You know, you remember me? I gave you food, uh, you know, a couple times a week, you know. Yeah, I mean, the more vague they are in the background, I mean, now, you know, getting more into the, the, the purpose of the, the the podcast of, you know, incorporating their backgrounds into yeah. your stories. Yeah. I mean, the more vague they are, the more that you have room to work with and the more you're telling them their backstory. Exactly. Which is something I try to avoid, which is, you know, it's nice to have some specifics from the player because then you're not telling them who their character is. They have a chance to tell you who their character is, yeah. and then you play off that. But 
not everyone's going to be like that. So sometimes you have to say, all right, you gave me two very vague, you know, bound paragraphs. So I'm filling in your background yeah. for you because you weren't specific. So now I get to, now I have all kinds of room to play. And if you don't like it, then you're going to have to kind of deal with it. Yeah. You know, again, you want to know your player, not purposely try to piss them off, but right. you're going to, you're always going to walk that line of like, I think yeah. this would be cool, but he might not appreciate it. And this goes back to something I mentioned earlier as well. As a DM, I always like to say the background that you present me is the background as your character knows it. Mm-hmm. As a DM, I will be honest that at times I will take liberty and change details, or there may be motivations, or there may be other things that you don't know about that's actually going on to help it fit more smoothly into my world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, not every game needs to have the player's background come into play, but I think it just yeah. it adds a lot of immersion and adds a lot of depth, and it adds just you know it really brings the player into the game because it's bringing the character into the game specifically. You know, okay, you know if. You're a paladin of vengeance, and your brother and your father are both very evil paladins. And then, you know, I'm like, you know what? I was going to introduce, like, an evil cleric paladin kind of guy pretty soon here. Guess what? Instead of him being random Joe Schmo NPC that was falling in this category, now he's going to be one of your past family members that you thought was dead. And boom, now he's showing up and he's frigging with you. And you're like, oh, great. Blast from my past. You know, I was the disappointing kid because I was the the non-evil, you know, cleric paladin guy. You know, I might walk that neutral line because I'm a paladin of vengeance, but blah, 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 blah. And now now it's not just a conflict that you had on paper from your past, but now it's happening. We could just see it in real time. And now your character's interest, you know, your character's instantly invested, which should make your player instantly invested. Instead of going, oh, cool, we got to stop this bad guy. Now it's like, dude, my brother's back. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> we gotta stop him. But I mean, at the same, you know, then you have the inner turmoil. Like, but I mean, he is my brother. Do I really want to kill him? Right. You know. Oh man, we can. Is there a way that we can stop him without killing him? And then you have that whole debate within the party. Right. Like, no, we gotta stop him by any means necessary. But he's my brother. Like, okay, well, I understand. We'll try not to kill him. But you have to understand. You know that we might come to that moment. Like, oh. Yeah. You know, you know, you, wow, if I didn't know better, I would have guessed you were an only child. <laughs> <laughs> I get to kill my brother? <laughs> no. um, yeah, and I think you also hit on another important point of how it really uh, invests in that collaborative world building. Mm-hmm. So now you almost have, for all the player knows, is like there wasn't really going to be a villain here until I created him in my backstory. Yeah, right. So now I'm responsible for this. Yeah. I need to address it. You know, addressing that that players need to fix their own mistakes. Yeah, I actually uh, that reminds me of a super villains game that I ran once, and I had everyone write up a backstory. You know, you know, and of course, you know, get varying backstories as you do. And I did have like one or like one or two pre-planned villains and like some ideas what I was going to do with them. Right. But mostly, I just started just. Pick, right off the bat, just picking just picking out their backstories. And yeah. like, okay, so this organization's looking for you. Okay, this first session, you're going to have to avoid them. You know, or, or, or you know, or whatever. Okay, yeah. so you have a, a superhero who's your nemesis. We're going to, I'm going to have him fight you right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to wait four or five sessions down the road. Right. You know, which is another way you can do it. You can have, set your plot up, get everything in motion, and then start bringing backstory in. Or you can just do it right from the get-go. It depends on how the backstories are set up. depends on how your game's set exactly. up. I mean, I've had one where, okay, 
well, I'm recently orphaned. You know, my parents were slaughtered by this invading tribe of goblins. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I just escaped with my life, and now I'm out of venturing. Like, okay, well, we're two towns away from that where that happened. Guess what? Those goblins are now making their way this direction. And, you know, they just swept out another another town, and now you're in the town where this tribe of goblins yep. is heading. You now have a party. You can now make a difference. You can now stand and fight and get revenge on these goblins. Or if you don't think you can handle it, you can run away and maybe try to deal with them later. But, you know, you put that, you know, that, that backstory play on piece right in their face right off the bat. Because, you know, they're in the right spot, you know, in the right time kind of thing. You know, and it can totally kind of work. Yeah. Or you could have it be one of those things where, again, like you said, down the road, okay, the goblins, you aren't nearby, but you know where the goblins hang out, what region they hang out in. You're nowhere near there. I want to go back and get revenge for my parents later on down the road when I'm a stronger kind of deal. Right. You know, so, you can, you know, it all depends on, like, what you think they can handle, what, you know, what the the bad guy is, so to speak, from the past, from the background. Like, can they handle, uh, you know, a tribe of goblins? Yeah, a level one party of five or six dudes. They might be able to handle a small tribe of goblins yeah. you know goblins are pretty low level plus you know you can have random npcs in the town helping with the fight right if it's like the big bad wizard dude that slaughtered your your because voldemort came to kill your parents right you're not gonna go after him right off the bat <laughs> he came to your high school and killed everyone and you're the only survivor yeah like, no, 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 maybe, no. maybe if, i need a few levels if he tried to take over a high school i'm pretty sure he fell yeah yeah <laughs> You know, you know, you set that up for down the road, but, you know, you make sure that they know that that's in your world and that could happen. You know, some players, after they write their backstory, are going to be very backstory-driven. Like, this is, like, my goal is revenge. Yeah. You know, I want to move towards that. If that's their, like, make sure you can let them move towards that if that's, you know, a big plot hook that yeah. they've created of their own. You know, don't, you know, allow that to, to move forward. Okay, I need to get stronger. Okay, so we're going to play through my adventure right. to get stronger. Once you're stronger, you want to go seek revenge? We'll let you go seek revenge. Whereas other ones, like you mentioned, I have, you know, villain A, B, C, D, NPC, you know, Q, Y, X. Let me just pull some of these NPCs and villains from other miscellaneous backstories and just insert them. And now you're instantly connecting the other players in the group. And I, I think that actually kind of segues to a really good point, too. If you know you're setting up a game that's really not going to require a whole lot of character backstory, and you know you have players who want to write backstories... Let them know. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can write something up, but I might not be integrating it in this. I actually have a game that I'm running where in, uh, where I told them, your backstory is not going to come into play after the first session. If you want to write something up, great. But just to let you know that that's, that's going to be a thing. So that way, if I had any players who were really backstory driven, they at least wouldn't be um, heartbroken, uh, heartbroken yeah. if they did write up a cool backstory and then it never came up. The other, fl- the other flip side of it is, as a GM, if someone does write up a cool backstory, get to it at some point. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be right away, but please get to it. Yeah, touch on because it. Because it's going to really make that player's day. Well, I think backstories are a key piece of the, of the storytellers and the actors, yeah. uh, going back to the player types. And I think if you tell them up front that backstory isn't going to come into play, then that effort is going to get redirected into making the existing character something interesting and memorable. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've told players as well, you know, we're going to do something where a backstory is not as important as making a character, you know, in the moment that's interesting. And that's, you're right, as long as people are told up front, it, works, it can work out very well because then they put that extra effort there. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, a lot of that, in my opinion, kind of comes down to, like, what level are you starting them at? You know what I mean? If you're starting right. at level one, like, how much background can a character... Like, I'm a 16-year-old human kid, you know, fighter dude. Like, okay, I mean, obviously you've lived for 16 years. You could have, you could have a horrendous background. You could have a pretty bland background. But, like, you're 16, you're level one. You know, well, you're, you're starting your career now, in theory, you know what I mean? Or you could be a 110-year-old elf. Or you could, yeah. Let's but, be honest, you know, you've lived for 100 years. Yeah, you, you probably lived, did you know, some stuff. you lived for 100, 110 years, but at the same time, you're the equivalent of adolescence. So it's like, you know, what what happened? I, I went to school for the last 80 years. I just graduated uh, elf in high school. But for some reason, <laughs> I don't have all the knowledge skills. <laughs> you know, it's like, but still, you know, you know, I can't randomly just do geography. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, but again, you know, it's, it's very subjective. You know, but if you're starting at like level five or six, then like I really encourage, like even if it's only like a couple paragraphs, like tell me a little bit about what you've done to get yeah. to level five. Like you know, even if it's not going to be a backstory driven thing, like I want to know a little bit. Like you're level five, dude. Like you're you're kind of a hero already. Yeah. What'd you do? Yeah. Yeah, and and done well. You know, integrating those backstories. Um, not only can it invest your character in the world, like we and players into the world. Uh, it can invest the players into the party and into each other. Right. Um, right. When, you know, the, the, I know I'm backtracking a bit, but when the evil cleric shows up, that is this character's brother, you know, and they defeat him and drive him off. And the other people are like, oh, wow, who was he? You now have somebody in the party who, well, I can tell you exactly who he is. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you all about him. Yeah. <laughs> So that helps kind of bring it together because, because okay, now we all have dealt with this guy as well. So now we are all kind of connected to your backstory in that same way, mm-hmm. helping, you know, build that web between the players and tighten it up and draw them deeper connections. Yeah. Plus, like you mentioned earlier with backstories, like backstories are, a, you know, obviously they define who your character is on how they deal with other players, you know, or other people in general. So, well, atypically, yes, everyone in the party gets along, and maybe, you know, even if they don't necessarily like NPCs, they typically get along with the player, but if you have, like, the, the PC that you mentioned before, the backstory of, like, pretty much an introvert doesn't get along with anyone, that should reflect with how they deal with the party to some degree. Like, yeah. I'm not saying don't cooperate with the party, but yeah, that's a role-playing aspect. If you had not established your backstory to some degree, then you wouldn't necessarily know that. You know, and I mean, yeah, you can kind of create that in the moment, but, you know, having those backstories really helps flesh out who you are now. You know, who you become is in the moment, but who you are at the at the go. When we is, all sit down at the table. Yeah, when we all sit down at the table, who are you now is based off of who you were or how you, be, you know, how you got here. Right. Who you become is based off what happens at the table. So it's good to have that starting point fleshed out. Yeah. And I actually have a, uh, a quick kind of story to get to get in. Uh, for three of my characters that all wound up connected through the same backstory, uh, which was interesting because it started off with one character that I wrote the backstory up that didn't really come into play for him because things immediately moved to a position where he wasn't in place to be connected to his backstory. The entire game moved to a distinct locale that wasn't connected and through the process of getting back home, which was really the goal of the story, at the very end, in order to save everybody else, this character stayed behind and died so that the rest of the party could get back home. So 
my next character was joined into the party and they traveled around and eventually they round wound up running into the circumstances and everything that was set up for my first character's background. So now my second character started getting involved with the first character's background and they were working uh, and dealing with things there when uh, awful fate befell the second character and they needed to recruit a third character of mine. I wrote up his background and had him end the background connecting into the story and connecting into where they were, which was all playing off of the background of the first character. So even though in this single campaign I had three characters, three distinct characters who never met each other, they were still all connected by this unified thread that brought all of them together um, in the same way that it connected other players to my characters. All of my characters were connected to each other, which was really an interesting um, kind of unique so far moment for me for gaming that really showed that you know, if you're working at it, weaving these these backstories together can really help add that cohesion, add that uh, consistency. Yeah, I almost didn't bring that in because that character was already gone. <laughs> but yeah. I thought it was a nice, you know, homage. Plus, you, you as a player can still recognize. You know, it's never too late to bring in backstories from other characters. You know, as long as it's the same players, the players will recognize that stuff and they'll see that. You know what I mean? When you write, you know, that kind of comes down into, like, the, the cooperative storytelling that we mentioned, you know. Yeah. You write a backstory for player X, maybe I don't get to really truly take advantage of any of that backstory from player X, but that's not that, uh, to say that I'm not still acknowledging that that has happened in my world. So another game down the road, or maybe after player X has left or died, I see the perfect opportunity to bring in backstory from player X, even though right. he's not around. That's still an homage. It's kind of like a nod to the player, like, dude, like that happened. Yeah. I'm sorry the the character didn't get to see it, but you get to see it as yeah. there. And this you is made, you affected the world. And this is building an Easter egg into your campaign. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think it would yeah, that actually would be kind of a funny interesting thing. Like maybe there was these nobles that were, you know, chasing this character and uh, you know, a couple sessions after he dies, you guys end up in this new city and all of a sudden the nobles show up threatening the group. Yep. Cuz aren't you partying with this person? Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't he travel with you? Yeah, oh, like I'm really horrible with the names of all the dudes from Lord of the Rings, but the guy that dies trying to take the ring from uh, Bill, um, uh, Frodo there. Boromir? Yeah, Boromir. And then later on, you end up in the town where, like, if he was around, he would be really useful right now. Yeah, exactly. we got to deal with his crazy dad and his frigged up brother. Yep. <laughs> um, I actually have plans for a, uh, for a game that I've got coming up where one of the things that I'm going to do is I'm going to have them have a quick nod early on Whereas the party is going, you know, east, they come across an adventuring party going west. Can't really stop to chat, but just a quick description of it. If they're paying attention, they're going to realize that it's their party from a game that I ran like two or three years ago. <laughs> so they're going to be, you know, weaving those backs backstories from other games together. Just as that Easter egg, it's, it's not saying that, oh, this is set in the same world, and they know that this is going to happen in yeah. this month's just, time. Just a little nod. But yeah, yeah just, a little, just a little nod, um, you know, kind of like you, you see in, in, in Hollywood and in TV nowadays. Yeah, the first thing that came to my mind when you mentioned that was uh, Shaun of the Dead, where, like, the two different groups are, yeah. like, identical members, and they're like, hello. Hello, hello, they're going different directions. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. You know, they both have the fat dude in the back playing video games on their cell phone. Like yeah. they both have like the one chick sort of leader and the one dude that's trying to be the hero. And, right. You know. 
Yeah. Actually, the, the first thing that came to my mind for the crossovers was uh, in the opening credits of the A-Team, when oh, yeah. Dirk Benedict's character watches a Cylon walk past, because Ber- Dirk Benedict was also in Battlestar Galactica. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking of it as that type of nod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crossing universes. So, PC backstories... There's a lot of different tools, a lot, of, a lot of different items that you can use, tips and tricks, ways to get your people to do them, to bring them into your game, to use them to enhance. Anything else anybody wants to touch on before we wrap up for now? Well, I think another important thing for uh, bringing in background stuff is not always necessarily like NPCs, you know, fairly family heirlooms, like I mentioned, like that ring, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, like items, you know. Handed down magical items as a family heirloom can be a big thing, uh, or just keeping in mind like the names of cities where people like are supposedly from or born. You know yep. what I mean? Because right. not everyone has a list of every single city that exists in their world. So if you make mention of like, okay, well, my character is from Orlando, Florida. You know, in the country of Russia. Okay, well, never heard of that before. Okay, but I'm going to make mention of it now. I want to acknowledge that that exists in my world yeah. down the road. Okay. Oh, you know, maybe bringing in a completely random NPC that's not connected to this other NPC in any way, shape, or form, but he's from the same place. Yeah. And then they can have that moment of like, oh, well, is Uncle Bob's general store still there? And, you know, oh, is, you know, you know Raphael's magic shop still on 14th and Main? You know, like they can have that little kind of like catch-up moment. Do you know Angus McLeod from North <laughs> Kiltstown? <laughs> Do you know Connor McLeod or the Clyde McLeod? Uh, you can kind of have that moment, you know, and also, you know, again, you know, giving them the nod of, like, this place that you created in your backstory does exist in my world. Yeah. Or if a player goes into a shop and I have the finest wines imported straight from, you know, that far-off country that they said they were from, and it's like, oh, I haven't been able to find a good one since I've been here. Yes, I'll definitely, yeah. like, oh, I gotta, you guys gotta try this, you know, it's the best vodka you'll ever yeah, have. I told you, you know, it's, this place is famous for its vodka. Oh, well, now we see proof of that. And, and actually, this sort of thing's coming up in uh, uh, one of the games I'm running now. Um, I had a character, she'd written up her backstory, and she was from a country she called Evermead. And we hadn't really decided where that was from, but I'd had a, I had a world map. So one day we kind of sat down, we decided that, you know, we'll find a spot on the map. That's where you're, uh, that's where Evermeet's from. And it actually happened to be an area that in game right now is actually fairly close to where they're trying to go. So I just in, I just decided, screw it. They're going to her hometown now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to go there, purchase a boat and go to another spot. So they don't have to yeah. pass through a really treacherous desert. Stop off, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's the idea. So now there's going to be at least a session or two you know, adventure in Evermead. Just, you know, we're going to meet her family now. We're going to... Yeah, I was going to say that. Offers so going many on, opportunities you know? now. Because you're like, oh, I got to see, you know, catch up with my family, see if my old friends are still here. Yeah. You know, and she could show up and everything could be fine and dandy and it could be a, you know, like a happy family reunion. Or you could add in a whole huge plot twist of like, oh, well, your best friend was actually kidnapped and her husband was murdered and, you know, like, offer these little side adventure plot hooks. And, you know, you could even tie them up in this town for like, you know, an extra week. You know, but just you know, huge opportunities there. You know, when you have those kind of yeah. like those stopovers. Yeah. You know, visiting the old the old family home. Yeah, and I know when uh, when Jared first started building Wrath, and he first started running in the world of Wrath, there were similar situations where there was towns or areas that weren't defined yet, mm-hmm. and players claimed that like the backstories. Well, I want to be from here, and this is what's going on there. And then that was okay. You know, let's write that up and put it into you know the world of wrath. And you know, we some of it was just like 
took a town. Uh, I think it was Witch Creek was the name of it. And he just said that, oh, it's done by, it's populated by magic users. And oh, yeah, that's all it's Anders. Is, yeah. yeah. And yeah, then yeah. Anders, my character, came from there. And I actually did a backstory of it. And in the backstory, Witch Creek is this, not only this magical town where everybody has magical talents, you know, kind of like a, like a more serious version of Piers Anthony's Xanth. But not only that, they're very insular. They're like, we don't want outsiders. We don't want the non-magical folks. And there's a very strict structure there. And that wasn't defined in game yet. But because of the backstory, you know, and when I worked with Jared on that, he's like, yeah, that's cool. That's the way it's going to work now. Yep. Um, yeah. Which also means that every time we start getting close to to that town, not only does the character who left it behind start getting a little nervous, but as a player, I start getting a little giddy because I know how that town works and the other PCs haven't seen it yet and haven't exactly. gotten to experience it. But I know it's in part because of the way that I helped put it together, which is almost like art creating life, because like you would. You're the character from that town, so you're the one who would know more about how the town works. Right. Right. Everyone else has never been there before, so they have no idea. So that's kind of a cool way to, yeah. to I mean, do that out there. I, I have, uh, I've done that a lot with a lot of the backstories for a lot of stuff for Wrath, but also in, you know, in real time, like Tordier specifically, like he has redefined one whole town. You know, there, mm-hmm. you know, this one town, it was like a very wild west, really no authority, really no, you know, like structure to this place. And now it's like becoming like Rome, like it's got a Colosseum. They have fights like well biweekly, you know, like because he started off like he started off with like taking over this little fight club, and then after his monk, due to a deck of many things, turned evil, he went back to this town, and he's all about just the problem. Like he, you know, at first he liked to compete, so he was the champion, and now he's just all about the profits yep. and maintaining his title. And so he's got like this total like Rome Colosseum thing going on. And this place went from, like, this little Wild West town to becoming, like, one of the bigger up-and-coming cities in the kingdom. Which is great. And as a GM, one who has spent many an hour trying to develop a world for players to explore, backgrounds can come in super handy. You know, I mean, yeah, you're going to have the things that you you (laughs) define. But all exactly, all of a sudden, they come up with, like, this city off on this area, and this is how this runs. It's like, thank you. I needed another one, and I didn't have one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I made the huge map of you know Marizian and had tons of towns all over it. And I'm just like, I don't even know what happened. There's in half these towns, right, right, right. But there's a map, so people. <laughs> and then just, we found out we didn't need to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, but there's this map. You know, just having this physical map is like a huge benefit because then people go, I want to be from there. I'm like, all right, well, tell me about the place because right. I, I can't tell you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and this is also because Jared's been talking about you know coming back to Wrath and coming back to our old storylines. But being down the road. Yeah. So, like, some time has passed since our last game happened, which as a player, I'm looking at it and like, oh, so all this different stuff that we set into play, we now get to come back and see how has the world developed? How has it changed? Um, really made me go, okay, yeah, you want to run? I would be willing to relinquish the DM seat because I want to see how the world has expanded and grown from what my characters have done. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up right about there. Um, we were talking today, as in case you missed it, about PC backstories and how you can use them to build your campaign, influence your world, and help out there. If you'd like to comment or ask any questions, definitely feel free to connect with us on our message boards. 
through Twitter at GMS Studios or on Facebook. You can find us to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, we do have new podcasts out every Tuesday here talking about what you can do. We've got a wide variety of topics coming up. We're not running out of material anytime soon. Um, so stay tuned in, and we will see you next time that we're in the studio. Bye.